As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Hey, driving again. Oh, me. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a post-game two edition of the Warriors All 82 Podcast Plus Minus. Not even sure what we're labeling this one as, but it's all of them. All, all of them. them. Uh, winless edition in the playoffs. Um, the Warriors this season were bad on the road. Couldn't close games on the road. They turned it over like crazy. They fouled like crazy. Tops in the league, and yeah, that's just kind of who they've been. Also in the playoffs, so maybe this shouldn't be too big a surprise. But 22 fouls. Or no, 26 fouls, 22 turnovers. Lost uh, late down the stretch. De'Aaron Fox, who's been the best clutch player in the league, beat him again, and the Warriors are down 2-0 heading back to San Francisco where um, they've been better, so maybe that will shift if we're to believe this regular season formula. But Tim Kawakami, kind of a shocking loss for the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, they played pretty good. I mean, I think they said the same thing. You know, They did say the same thing after game one. Like They played pretty good, but just weren't good enough, I think. There's some respect for what the Kings are throwing at them, some respect for that arena, but you know they're just not quite getting over the hump. And I think you know they really went for it in this game, right? They played Steph the entire fourth quarter, played Clay the entire fourth quarter, Steph over 40 minutes, Clay right at 40 minutes. I think in, in Wiggins at 40 minutes, and they just didn't have enough. Um, I think there's a little tone shift here because they thought they were going to win game two, I'm pretty sure. I think they thought they were going to win game one uh, going into it. And now I just was, you know, they are who they are. We know what they've won. We know the deficits they've come back from. Uh, But them saying, you know what, we're good at home is kind of what other teams have said about them, right? Like, oh, wait a minute, they got us here, but we're good at home. So we know we can do, like, it's still possible but this is kind of what teams say when they're getting backed into a corner and they don't have a lot of answers. I do expect them to play well at home, but 
some stuff we saw in Sacramento, maybe he's like, this is why it's not, it's why it didn't happen this season and why it might not happen this season. And you wrote about kind of the, I don't know, I guess you could say like shrinking rotation or at least uh, shrinking trust level in various components within the rotation. I mean, was that your biggest takeaway? Just that like... Yeah, I mean, well, my biggest thing was Draymond, of course, but the Draymond's a bonus thing, but Marcus was writing that one, uh, and just kind of with that, a little bit of the, like, you know, the Warriors know they're in some trouble, so it's getting a little bit into a tussle, and maybe they win that, and maybe it gets more physical. Well, hey, the Warriors play physical. Do you want to talk about the Draymond's a bonus thing before we talk about the other stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the biggest issue, but... You know, and we're saying recording this before the NBA has released any, you know, statement or what further punishment may or may not come down to Draymond. I do not expect him to be suspended. What usually happens if you get to flagrant two and you're out, you do not get suspended unless it's really, really egregious. And I think they'll take the Sabonis grab in his foot as kind of yeah. I would say that in the the locker room post game, the. I would, the Warriors would be shocked if we got suspended. They were kind of scoffing at that idea because of, I'd say, three reasons. You mentioned the first right there. The referees have already acknowledged that it was triggered by Sabonis. They gave him a technical foul for the ankle grab. So, like, you have the instigation. You also have what you mentioned, the fact that he did get ejected. He missed, at this point, what has been the six most important minutes of the series, right? And it hurt the Warriors big because he wasn't out there. And also there was a little bit of an eye roll at the idea that like Sabonis was this like hurt individual that, you know, obviously it had already been leaked that he was getting x-rays that that came back negative. You know, he played the last seven minutes. He dunked to end the game, hung on the rim, you know, all that. So I do think there was a little bit like, you know, the theatrics of that, they were eye rolling that it was, they were trying to get Draymond suspended in a situation that they didn't believe he would be. Maybe we're both wrong. Maybe, the Warriors yeah, we'll be found out wrong immediately, but yeah, it, it would take a lot. It takes a lot for the league to suspend somebody. Can I ask you now? Marcus has got has got two flagrant yes, points. Yes, yes, he does. Which we all know That's, that can yeah. those can pile up. But it wasn't just the foul. Obviously, after the foul, you know, as Sabonis is getting checked, you know, he's sitting there laying, and you don't know if he could be hurt at that point. Draymond is obviously doing. He's going out to half court. He's waving the crowd on to boom. He's doing the Hulk Hogan like hand to his ear, like I can't hear you. And then he's running over to the bench, which was kind of a funny scene. He's like standing on the bench yelling while while Steve Kerr's got the clipboard behind him, like all right, well Draymond, I kind of need to drop a play right now. <laughs> but as that's happening, you know, I'm looking up. Adam Silver's in the fourth row. He's watching all this. I just I wanted to ask you, do you think at any of the post foul stuff or just like you know who he is? That's a fine. Yeah, that's a fine. I think if they're going to do anything, it's a fine. They do tend to not want to affect series unless they have to. And the out always is. Like if he doesn't get if he gets a flagrant one or even a tech, maybe they look at it cuz they feel like, you know, exiting the game is the ultimate punishment. But he did exit the game. He did have to go. It was for really, you know, the maybe pivotal minutes of, of this series. So I don't see that. I mean, it would be extra. They, they, it would be, you know, going away from the way I've seen them do it. I think there's been a few of these where if you get if you get the ejection, that's pretty pretty large, and Sabonis got tech for it. So they're already saying something happened both ways. I would be very surprised. Warriors would be, you know, infuriated and he would affect game three in a large way. We know what happened the last time Draymond got suspended for a large game. Uh, they lose game five to Cleveland in 2016. I just don't see that happening. We'll see. We might, we'll have to react to it if it, if it if it's anything different. But I don't see it. 
And I also see it as kind of Draymond trying to like, you know, he wants to put some, you know, energy into the Warriors in whatever way he can. That was, he should not have done that. He should not. It was, it was, it looked terrible. He could have hurt him. I mean, you know, likelihood was he was not going to hurt him, but he could have hurt him with that. You just, you put yourself out there for that, right? You, you put yourself in jeopardy of a lot of punishment when you're doing that. But obviously he isn't thrilled that he's getting his leg you know, his foot held. But, you know, part of that is the Kings know that Draymond is going to react like that, right? And and maybe get him out of the game. And they did that time. It reminded me a little bit of that Pelicans game a few weeks ago when, you know, season felt a little bit on the line then, right? It was like that huge, like, play and implication game. And he towed the line a few times. Obviously, he gets in that little, you know, early spat with Brandon Ingram. Then the next play, remember he had that Herb Jones offensive foul situation under the hoop that, you know, some people were trying to say he kicked Herb Jones' head on purpose. But it was another one of those, like, just kind of throwing the body around, being wild. Like, because at that point, he felt a team slipping, their season slipping. They were playing very poorly in a big home game, and he wanted to juice them up. And he was on the edge very much of getting suspended. They were He already had one technical. They were reviewing a second situation. Ed Malloy, I believe, though, was the ref that night. If Ed Malloy just decided in that second quarter, enough's enough, Draymond, you're ejected. for, Or they just felt there was more intent to the Herb Jones situation, whatever. The story that night would have been, he got tossed in a massive game because he just boiled over the top too much. But what did happen? The team got fired up. They came back from, I think, 19 down, won the game, post game. Steve's talking about, like, we need his fire. This is Draymond at his finest, basically. He willed us to that. What is something like that? He willed us yeah. to that one. So- I felt last night he was trying to summon that type of energy, that type of attitude shift. And I thought he was doing pretty well in that quest you know they were playing pretty good to start the fourth they went with this you know very urgent smaller defensive lineup they were coming back and i think he was just trying to muck everything up and well he had that thing with sabonis i I didn't even see it you know when sabonis is down behind the baseline and courtney kirkland calls a foul on draymond and they challenge it and they win it and then draymond and kirkland are going at it during i mean they are i thought draymond was gonna get a tech maybe the only reason kirkland did not kirkland did not call a tech is because he knew he was wrong because I think he guessed on that whistle. Like he just saw Sabonis on the ground and just assumed something happened. I, I didn't even see the replay. Where Replays are not great in that arena for things that do not go well for the Kings. So I, we did not see any replays of that on the big screen. I thought that Draymond was that, that automatic. Usually, even if the ref's wrong, is a tech because Draymond was really demonstrative, really demonstrative in that moment. So that led up to the, the Sabonis uh, Draymond thing. Uh, on the floor so but you know what they came back after he got ejected and they tied it twice right they tw- tw- i think on a peyton uh so, so yeah let's shift tra- off draymond's a bonus let's assume he doesn't get suspended obviously everything changes if he does what is going on on the court in your opinion i think they're not getting enough production from the supporting players now listen the five that was on the floor that lost this game were the old and old guard. Looney came in for Draymond. I'm counting Gary Payton the second as part of he's he just fits into that so well. But man, playing those guys so many minutes, they're under so much pressure. It's gonna get for an X. Steph had five turnovers in the question, but some of those are careless. That's just gonna happen. But a lot of that's just under total fire. He's playing 41 minutes. The Kings are getting three, four guys productive off the bench. It's just putting so much stress on this shortened, shortened, shortened Warriors rotation 
that it's going to fold at some point. They're just exhausted out there because they got to do everything. Steph's got to do everything on offense. Clay's got to four shots. Clay's going to four shots, but he has to at some point. Wiggins is being pressured into a lot of things. They need Jordan Poole. Like, that's the number. Like, they need Jordan Poole. He wasn't bad in the first game, went great. He was not good in game two. This is why he's important. Like, some of the reactions I get when I am a little critical of Poole are like, this is what he's like. It's good that he's responsible. He has to do some things. They're counting on Go back to the first round last year. Remember how good he was? That's a good player. Yep. And if he's not going to be good, that hurts them a lot. He's unplayable in the fourth quarter, which is what Steve Kerr decided. He did not play him in the fourth quarter. That's a big deal. Dante DiVincenzo, 0 for 0, 0 points, you know, very limited minutes, big minus, can't can't defend De'Aaron Fox. It's a real problem, uh, especially if he's not going to score. Like these are the players that the Warriors need uh, and have helped them, you know, in the regular season. These kinds of players have helped them win championships. Sean Livingston, you know, we know the list. Andre Godala, da 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 da. Barbosa is not happening, and I just think. At this stage of the dynasty, with Steph at 35, Clay at 33, Draymond 33, whatever the, their ages are right in there, they're going to give you, we know what they're going to do. They need a lot more help than they're getting, and they didn't get it much this regular season. That's why they've been so bad on the road, and that explained a lot of what happened last night. Again, the main guys were on the floor, but they, you just can't ask them to do so much so in a, so often for so long against a Kings team that's just subbing Malik Monk, boom, here comes Herder, boom, here comes Alex Len, boom, here. They just keep rotating guys through who can be dangerous, and the Warriors have, like, three guys. Yeah, I mean, one thing, and I know you know this as good as anybody, like, you know, the idea of, like, role players at home compared to on the road, you know, is this no, very much... Play, they should play better. Yeah, yeah this very much play flip in three and four where suddenly Alex Lynn is lost in space and Trey Lyles is, like, a non-factor and, and Monk is two of 11 shooting. Like, I've seen bad Kings games this year where so, no suddenly those role players no are not good. And we've we've... Watched it all season with the Warriors. Like suddenly you're there at home, and Jonathan Kaminga is looking frisky, and he's dunking, and Divincenzo's having big nights, and Gary Payton's really get, kind of getting loose. So I, you know, I, I'd like to see these rotation players at home. Jordan Poole ended the season very well, particularly in a lot of home games. You know, you can envision sitting in the media seats and seeing him like go on these flurries. I think he had like a 19 point fourth quarter. But here's what going down 2-0, even if it's on the road, does is what if you have one game at Chase Center in the next two where, you know, De'Aaron Fox is unstoppable, puts up 46. Oh, you're, you're back done. against the wall you're right done. now. Yeah, you're done. And, and, you know, that's high jeopardy. I do not expect the Warriors to lose either one of these games, but they could. I do expect the role players to play better, but, man, and then and, and even by the if way, they play great in three to win four, a road game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You still got game five coming up, and if you survive five and six to get to 3-3, three, three, you still got game seven. And you think it was crazy? Last oh, two man, games in game seven. A golden one. The game seven will be like. And by the way, at this point, the Warriors should be hoping for a game seven there, right? Yes. You know? yes. Um, yes. But, uh, like, I mean, maybe we can go one by one, but like, you know, the pool thing, it should be mentioned. He really did roll his left ankle very badly. No question. No question. And Clay made that point when I asked him, like, he's gutting it out. That's true. I just, hey, you're out there. You are an important player. If you can't play in the fourth quarter, then that's not. I good think his for problem team. is he didn't have his burst in a game that was all. You know the, the Kings are very speedy and physical, and he just didn't have his burst to get by these 
you know, Kings defenders, which is crazy. But And if he doesn't have that, we know he's not going to be great defensively. I could think you could tell with the – remember that pass? He had that one-hand pass he threw into, like, the fifth row as he's kind of stumbling over. Well, how the other one at the end of the, was end of the, one of the, end of the quarter, he just throws the ball, loops it up, right? Almost right to a Kings player at the end of the quarter. Like, what are you yeah, doing? So, Poole is a high you see, visible, visibility player. Like, you see what he's doing all the time. So it's easy to praise him. It's easy to critique him. I'm just saying for he's important. I'm just never going to say he's not important. And when they don't get anything from him, but I'm going to throw DiVincenzo in there too. He can't go zero for zero. That cannot happen, especially when he's on the floor with Steph and Steph's getting blitzed. And like how many times has Steph come to half court and he couldn't like, I, I don't know where to go with the ball because I got two guys on me. How can there not be two warriors just racing to the ball to take the pressure off of Steph? I think there were some guys who did not want the ball. I think Dante was one of them, was not real comfortable with the ball. I get it. It's a tough environment. When they're blitzing Curry like that, you can't. You, you just get killed when other guys don't want the ball. And Kaminga, Slater, I think was terrible. Yeah. So one thing with Kaminga is, and we've talked about it plenty, but like to me when, and this was when Wiggins was out, and he could just go into a night like, I'm getting 25 minutes. Like to me, he just flows himself into the game a little bit better. He's often a guy that maybe, especially coming off the bench, his first few minutes. I remember there was a situation early in the year in Detroit where he came off the bench and he was really kind of on the edge of the rotation. But first play of the game, it's a little cold in the arena. He's blowing on his hands. <laughs> As he's blowing on his hands, he's supposed to be guarding Bogdanovich, and Bogdanovich just like cuts quickly, like to get a three. And that was kind of that was the point. The coaching staff's point to him then, like, hey, look, you're kind of a bit fringe rotation player. Like, you got to be, you got to be Damian Lee, like, right? If you put Damian Lee or Juan Toscano Anderson in the game last year, like, possession one, they are just like locked in. That's not Kaminga, and I think Kaminga at his best is a 25 minute, you know, get into a rhythm type player. And I mean, I guess the trouble for the Warriors is like that's not who he is in this series, right? Yeah, he was bad yesterday play four minutes you know what i mean if you gave him 25 minutes he's had games where yeah he's bad the first three minutes but then suddenly in the second quarter he's got three dunks and makes you know he's making huge plays he's locked in defensively much easier for them to do that at home uh when you when you know like there's going to be two three minutes where he might get you three buckets and he's going to get you uh, a block shot or play well defensively he's not gonna get rebounds by the way one rebound and i think that was a tip out on an offensive rebound in what 15 minutes in, in two games but they can do that with I mean I think you, you just feel more comfortable playing him longer stretches maybe you commit to play him and for sure in the second half no matter what but not on the road and they're gonna have to win on the road and not and not just this series right I mean whatever happens after this if they get through they're gonna have games against teams that were better at home than the Kings were this season right the Kings were not a great home team Th this is not new you know this happens but what does strike me is this is what the Warriors usually do to their opponents. This is what they, they they've run the role players off the floor. They you know forced the, like the Rockets to play James Harden forty three minutes and Clint Capella way more than you would want to and Eric Gordon forty four minutes. Like this is what they do to other teams or have done, and now it's they're the ones who are like okay we got like four or five guys we really trust and everyone else I don't know what we're gonna get out of them. It will be different at home, but man, it better it had better be very different, or else they're I mean they're already in serious trouble. Like I know the percentages are like ninety three percent of teams that go up 2-0 win the series. There's a reason for that because you just have to split one of the next two, and you're up three one with a chance you know three chances to end the series. Warriors have lost a three one advantage as we heard. They have 
uh, one when they've been down three one. It's very possible you can win when you've been down o two. It just puts an incredible amount of stress on what you've got, and we'll see how they answer it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What's your answer? What, what do they do? Well, again, I mean, I think like they, their role players need to play better as far as like schematically what they do. I think they need to get looser offensively. I think they're, by the way, half-court defense, you look at the numbers, they've had a very good series in the half. Like I think their scheme on Sabonis with the dribble handoffs has worked. I think when, you know, they're they're playing a full shot clock when Fox has to bring it up against a set defense. Like they can guard him decently well. The problem has been their turnovers are insane, uh, which is allowing you know Sacramento to run up and down the court. Just think about the first quarter. You know Fox is coming from behind tip. He's throwing it up. Harrison Barnes is getting leak out. You know hammer dunks basically. So they need to not turn it over as much. They need to not give up. What, I mean, it was 17 offensive rebounds in game one. I don't remember what it ended up as, but I believe the number is Sacramento's grabbing back 37% of their misses in this series so far. 12 offensive rebounds uh, last Yeah, night. which, by the way, the Kings were like the eighth worst offensive. Like, they don't, this is not a good offensive rebounding team. I think they grabbed like 25% or something like that during the regular season. Um, so they've got to protect that better. And again, I think the. The core of what they are schematically in this series, if they are just playing like a, a, a safer, more controlled game, is fine. I just think they, they, they're getting hectic. They're also just like, I don't know, go look at some of the turnovers. How about the one where like Draymond just runs into Steph? Like there was points in the game you felt like they were almost giving up and just like flubbing away turnovers just like. I think they did give up an inbounds after a Kings bucket, right? Yeah, and they, then they almost gave up another one. It's, it's just like these flips that, like, just all of a sudden they're just flipping it, and not thinking, and the ball's bouncing around. The Kings get it. This happens when you're harried and you're on the road, and you know the noise gets up, and you expect that to flip for Game Three. But it's just not a great big picture feel for this team in the postseason. They have never really looked or felt like this in the first round in, in, during the dynasty. That's reason why they're six seed. Like these are all these things that we've talked about, but and you know, and they're a little older, right? This is I, we can all say we. And I just was struck when Curry said, "We know what we are. We know who what we're going to do. We know what we're about." You do for about four of those guys, 
And they're coming up on the end, you know, however, whatever relative terms you want to say the end is. They're coming up on the end of their ability to do like play like this. This is how these things go sometimes. Like you just meet someone else who's faster, younger, more athletic. The Warriors have outlasted a lot of teams. They have usurped a lot of teams. Ask the Clippers about that. And they've outlasted, you know, LeBron Cavaliers, the Durant Westbrook Thunder, the whole you know Memphis thing. The whole, they've done this time and again. It's not going to happen forever. I don't know that it's going to happen. It's going to end right now. But this is what it would look like if it did end right now. Well, so then this is a good subject to pivot to to kind of, I guess, like the closing part of the podcast because they're going home. They're down to to survive the series. They've got to win four or five. Um, and I know you wrote about this before the series, like the ramifications of losing to the Kings in the first round. Well, that's now like very much at their doorstep. And, you know, it's I'm kind of peeking over at Joe Lacob at times last night. You know, he's sitting, he's kind of stewing over there next to Peja and Vladi Divac as he's watching, his, you know, his glory franchise getting pummeled by the Kings, which like there's a, I think there's an extra sting to that for Joe Lacob, I'm sure. But as you're watching this going on, like, what do you think the difference is in the offseason as a potential pivot towards the future, what the future looks like if they don't win four of the next five games over the Kings compared to if they do right the ship, if they do get into the next round, get more home dates, get more money, get more feeling organizationally that contention remains realistic. Because, as you know, if they go down in this series, and particularly if they go down weekly in this series, how can they decide, hey, we're going to pay all this money for a team that just got bounced as a six seed in the first round by the Kings. And Bob Myers might leave no matter what. Like that, that That's a whole other point of this this potential have to reset, relaunch, whatever they might do. Now, I, I think if they go out quick, they go out even five games uh, to the Kings, everything is on the table. And we're talking, you know, Steph Curry stays, and I don't know what else happens because – they're paying this, you know, we know the, the luxury tax bill coming up over $400 million total commitment. Uh, they, they might have, Draymond might not be someone that they can afford to extend. And he might say, you got to extend me or I'm gone. There's all these Bob Myers. Does he want to stay around for what might be really tricky a uh, couple more years? But I'll flip it real quickly. I might write about this. Like some of this is so bad on the back end that flipping it to what, right? I mean... So Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga can be your new centerpieces around Steph. Like, is that going to win your games? Like, w- w- unless you're like talking about sort of tra- going for draft picks and they don't have their 2024 picks. So whatever they do, if it top four protected, whatever they do next season would not probably get them a top 10 pick. Like, is that what you want to do? Now, I do think something, I mean, we do know a lot of this is out of their hands. Draymond has a player option. Bob Myers is up. Like that could, that it's happening above and beyond other unless Joe Lacob just says I will pay you so much so not to even consider it that is out of their hands they know what's coming in this next CBA the the details are starting to leak like it's not only hey Joe Lacob you're gonna have to pay this amount of money in tax that you don't want to pay obviously which is you know he, I mean he we all know he's kind of set his unofficial limit around 400 million so not only from a financial standpoint might you want to shave it below that but there's now like a bunch of like roster handcuff ramifications on the way that it, it seems like a new one comes out every few days that 
if they decide, hey, we're not a contender now, I wouldn't be shocked at a step back to like just kind of reset the books a little bit. And what are the ramifications of that? You'd have to go way back. I mean, you'd have yeah, to take I mean, and then, yeah. you know, the concern there is like, look, Steph Curry's not not trying to take a step back, right? He's going to be like 36 next season. But, you know, they don't currently look like a contender. And I think there can obviously be blame on the ultimate roster construction in general and the, the leaning towards the youth, obviously the Wiseman project that didn't work. You know, Kaminga, again, we talked about his playing four minutes yesterday, even though we I think we both believe he has a bright future and I think could help more than he is right now in the right situation. Hey, Moses Moody did make an appearance yesterday. He played decently. <laughs> Maybe he saves the series. Just go out and grab the freaking ball. And I think that's what they want from Kaminga. Be aggressive. Run to the ball. Don't stand there. I agree with all that. I just think, you know, we know the whole two timeline thing, whatever, but they wanted to be able to move Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody into these roles. Like that was the idea. So if you're moving off of Draymond and possibly Clay, Iguodala, like they wanted this, they acquired these players to move into those roles. They got one guy who they know they can kind of pencil in to do it next season. It's Kaminga. Beyond that, I don't know. So I'm just saying this stuff might happen no matter what. And this Clay, you know, wanting a match. Well, so, so that's, that's a key is, point is, right is, there. Like, yeah. Like, I, I think that it's so much more likely they would move off of Clay than ever talk to him about an extension. Well, a max extension. Know? I mean, like. That, that's not happening. Uh, you know, it, it, it could be done in his next team. <laughs> I mean, it, or extension for his next team. They paid him how much for not playing already? Like, they, they paid him, like, $90 million not to play. They're pretty transparent about, like, the the money is not going where, like, everybody's getting paid. People are either taking pay cuts or, or some people aren't going to be around. And that was with the idea that they were still contenders. Like, And, and that's kind of, you know, as we wrap it back into the current moment, it's like if you thought Joe Laker was maybe taking a harder stance, you know, regardless, how about if they go down to the Kings 4-1 in the first round? then I think much more skepticism can come from the ownership and front office about the current era. Should or like should that be the case or not? I mean, you still have what you would consider a top five, top six player in the league at this point. You know, maybe, you know, you still kind of need to go all in. You need to cash some of those chips. You need to go try to find a, a better, you know, number three type player or whatever. But I just think we all know, like, a first-round loss to the Kings does not equal, hey, Clay Thompson, here's – a big extension. Hey, Draymond Green, yeah, like uh, opt out and sign three years, a hundred million. Jordan Poole, we're paying you next year. Andrew Wiggins, we're paying you. Like I was gonna say, the pool thing. Like I mean, you you could move off a of pool too, but the again, the, the the kind of the thing I'm trying to underline here is it's been so bad on the back end of the roster that like they might say re, in their minds retooling and so retool to get to forty wins. Right, I mean, forty-four or whatever they were this year was a little, and we all think that was a little high for them the way they played, but you know, not be terrible. But right now, they retool if they don't get Draymond back specifically, and they can't add somebody, and you're going Kaminga, Moody, Patrick Baldwin in, in roles, Jordan Poole, losing DiVincenzo. Like you know what this, that's they, called? They it's might called, be like start a mini rebuild. Yeah, you're like 30 wins. You're like 32. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, you got staff. You got if Kaminga looks good in a role. I mean, you could be kind of like like the West is so whack. It now, is right? wild. I'm just saying the way we've like, if we're just saying they were 44 this year. Were they 44 this year? Yeah, 44 this year, 
with Draymond. <laughs> you know, now they're probably like in a long, longer, se- longer season from Wiggins, longer season for Wiggins. Like you know, they wouldn't have all the weirdness with Wiseman. Just getting them off the roster helped them. Just it, it was too much of a you know. What I think you could be with a young issue. team like that is a is a surprising, encouraging forty four wins. But you're not a title contender. What you what you lose with Draymond Green is you lose the ability to say, "Hey, like we can still compete for a title." You'd be this six seed this season, maybe like if you had some encouraging season. No, I'm not saying you like you would definitely be a six. But look, the way I mean, like the Thunder this season was I know, like, right I know, I know, you know, I, know. I, I just think it's really if you lose Draymond, you do not replace something with him or two things with with him. You're looking like it could be like a Mavericks thing where you're kind of there, and then it just yeah. the floor just drops out, and that depends on and, your and mood. And that's the right? point. Is if if you're Joe Lacob and you've been banking on not going there, even in a reset, then are you a little leery? Now I don't think you pay max. Start paying out max salaries, and I include like a fifteen million dollar a year salary for Bob Myers, which we all think he's that earned, get taxed, he deserves. So. But yeah, but still, it's fifteen million dollars. And there's a reason why it hasn't been offered to him. They just Joe doesn't want to pay him that much. And my thinking was things go well. Draymond comes back. You want Steph to be happy. Bob Myers is worth thirty million dollars a year. If that's the case, if that doesn't all happen, though, you know maybe it isn't fifteen million dollars a year for Bob Myers. I don't know. I'm I'm just throwing out numbers here. Have not certainly not you know privy to the insider knowledge of that. But I just. It could be the Myers thing could be the first step. It really could because that's going to be getting. This, There's yeah. always more sour feelings from all involved when the season ends, you know, destructively. And I mean, I don't know why, but I always have visions. And there's of been like sour the feelings at the end of clothesline of JJ Barea as the official, like it's over here, right? Phil Jackson is walking off into the sunset, and that was kind of the end. I'm not saying the Draymond, uh, you know, stomp of Tabonis Sabonis was the Andrew Bynum uh, clothesline, but yeah, I mean, if it ends. 4-1 in the first round, that's that's ugly. And I think everybody goes into the offseason with a lot different thoughts on the whole situation than they would have if... They've had antsy feelings when they've lost Game 7 of the NBA Finals. <laughs> and they went and go got Kevin Durant and said, goodbye Harrison Barnes, goodbye. That's and goodbye, seven Andrew years Barnes. later, Harrison Barnes rises <laughs> he looks from good. the ashes. He's a fourth quarter guy. He's getting big buckets. A couple of those buckets he was good. gigantic. Gigantic. And he looks determined. Like he's like, okay, you guys didn't think I was good enough to, for your dynasty. Let's go, let's go. But you know what? We can go down this road because we're the podcast. We're talking, but you know, I can't go too far down that road for a column just because the likelihood of staring at a twenty-seven point win in Game Three, right? So you, you don't want to overload it, knowing well then that, that's what's on the line. Soon. That's all we're saying. That's what's on the line these next five games, two games, one game, really. And they know it, and they know it. And, you know, then it's going to be the stories talking about where Draymond could be headed. What, you know, like you're that's happening already will continue to happen. It's it's entirely as contracted, right? He negotiated his opt out here. And I wonder if he thinks his team's good enough. Like it's part of it is going to be Draymond. Do I think I can win a championship here if I stay right now? I don't know. I mean, I think the money will speak to him. I think if the money's right. He'll feel a commitment yes. from the franchise, but but will the boy? Uh, yeah, that's the combo. Well, yeah, I mean, the feel it and odds everywhere right now. Will the Warriors feel it? What I want to know is some of that tax bracket stuff that we'd heard reported. I have not seen any details. Certainly, the inclinations that the Warriors might have a lesser 
tax bill than they would have on the old CBA, but I've not seen any details. No, no, that. they're only being so, punished more by this CBA. So, yeah. well, not maybe not monetarily. I mean, I think there is going to be some lessening of their tax bill. Like, you know, maybe not forty million less, but I think it might be twenty million less. And you know, every dollar counts at this point. It's just going to be a matter of you know how much of it of a hit is Joe Lake going to want to take for the roster that he's got. My only main theme at this point is, my God, he's looking into not just the void. He's looking into a real dangerous time because Kaminga, Moody, you know, you're, you're not going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot say that right now with them. Maybe down the road, but you can't say it for next season from this point. And that's where it gets really dangerous and where you want to take Steph Curry with that. Yeah, and, and empty May in Chase Center is like the key here. Like if just May is just dry and Joe Lacob has no playoff games to attend, no money to count from those playoff games. If it's not the place you got to buy every regular season ticket because you want to be there for the playoff show. Like that's the whole thing. Like the whole thing is the investment into Steph Curry. Obviously everyone wants to see Steph, but also... I need to be there for those May and June games. That's why I got to buy these tickets. And if it's not the case, whole you know the whole economic. If Golden changes. One is is just bustling <laughs> yeah. into gotta go May. to Golden One. If he's got to watch go- Kings Warriors second oh. round, which woo wee. How how many Kings fans are we going to see at Chase Center Game Three? Uh that's a good question. I don't think it's going to be like you know overwhelmed. I don't know. I would say takeover, less than but... the Celtics in the finals. I thought there was a decent amount of green. There was there was some green. I think you'll hear them. I just think you'll hear them in a way you haven't heard many other fan bases. And in the way that the Warriors fans love. If there's a light the beam exactly. chant after a big Kings win in one of these <laughs> oh, next two games. Or just through like a rally. Like just Ooh, like they come back and they're up five in the third quarter. I mean, that could be something that uh, Joe Legib is not going to want to be experiencing. But we'll see. Dark times. All right. Um, game two, you know, two off days between each of these games. Game two on Thursday, game two then on game Sunday. Three, game three, game three, game three, game three. Game three, sorry. You said, uh, and I, I think that helps, you know, the older Warriors. I think maybe Poole can, that ankle can get a little bit better. Obviously, they're getting home and we will see. But Tim Kawakami, thanks for coming on and we will talk after that game three. <laughs>